On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Just to go back to the top story that you heard mentioned in Claire's Bulletin just a moment ago about those awful events uh, overnight in the early hours in Tala. Uh, I see the Sunday World reporting inside in the last few minutes that detectives believe that two young twins and their teenage sister were killed in what appears to have been a serious stabbing. The suspect was known to the victims aged in his early 20s, arrested on the scene after being shot with non-lethal rounds by Gardy. Gardy clarifying this morning, the victims were a twin girl and boy aged just eight years old and their 18-year-old sister, another 14-year-old boy hospitalised with serious but non-life-threatening injuries. Um, the co-leader of the Social Democrats, Roshan Shorthall, is with me in studio. Roshan, we'll talk more about the uh, the matters of the day in a moment, but first of all, you just wanted to, to make a remark about that. Yes, Gavin, I just want to acknowledge that unspeakable tragedy in Tala. Um, it really is very hard to comprehend and the, the you know, awful awfulness of the whole thing um, and I really want to extend uh, my sympathies to the family concerned and to, indeed to the whole community of Tala it's a devastating event and um, it, it will certainly take a very big toll Awful events I'm sure there'll be more updates throughout the day uh, on our bulletins here on News Talk as Gardy gets to the bottom of exactly uh, what occurred in the early hours in the morning there in Tala um, Roisin is with us because uh, the doll is back on Wednesday week which means that this week is the beginning of thinking season where parties get together to plan and their, their course of attack or defence as it may be uh, coming up to the return of the new doll um, you're having your thinking Roisin on Tuesday of this week what's what's your big thinking for that week? That's right so uh, we're meeting Tuesday in the Communication Workers Union uh, building in Dublin and um, we're really concentrating on I suppose what would be agreed are the three big items facing the whole country the first being the soaring cost of living secondly the related uh, issues of you know soaring energy bills and thirdly then the housing issue the three most prominent issues, mm. I think, affecting everybody's lives. And we're having expert speakers in on each of those. Dr. Pr- uh, Patricia Keelty from the Vincent de Paul. Uh, we're having Paul Dean of UCC in relation to energy costs. And uh, we're having uh, a speaker from Clude in relation to housing. So we do this every year. Mm. We like to bring in experts and hear the up to date situation mm. in the relevant areas and then have a discussion on how we approach those uh, issues. Before you hear from Paul Dean in UCC, do you have any ideas, obviously, for what might be a practical and realistic approach to dealing with the cost of energy bills? Well, I heard you asking your your uh, guests earlier on and there isn't any silver bullet, obviously. It's a very complex area. It's a very difficult one. And it has, you know, European... Um, uh, kind of uh, European implications but also then of course here in Ireland so there's a, it, as I say there's no silver bullet there's a number of measures that have to be taken Such and, as? Well at a European level we heard the news this morning of what they're intending to do um, and you know th- those ideas aren't fully thought through they will obviously have implications for what we do in this country in terms of for example uh, the possibility of windfall taxes I think that's something that certainly needs to be looked at now, now, the, the EU proposals about a price cap um, may cut across that. But, you know, it is certainly completely indefensible and unsustainable that you have companies making, uh, you know, huge profits on the backs of mm. essentially ordinary people and, and small businesses. Are you in favour of a windfall tax then in that light? Yes, I am. Yeah, I think that has to be part of a strategy to, to address the issue. The, the, um, the reason I ask is because there, there's question marks as to how you would implement a windfall tax on the likes of, for example, Bordgosh Energy, which is wholly owned by a British 
British publicly traded company and although that company made the equivalent of about a billion euro in the first six months of the year Board Gosh itself only made about 40 million euro in the sure, first six yeah. months of the year so you could argue wh- where would you tax it or how? Yeah and it's, it, as I say it's not straightforward or simple but you know we know that the low cost energy producers are making enormous profits at the moment. So the EU, as we know now, are looking at that very closely and they may well come up with proposals in relation to that. So like, the whole thing is that the market is broken and uh, it needs urgent reform. That should have happened before now and there will be measures taken at EU level, but they're going to be slow and it's going to take some time for those to kick in. Um, And in a situation where you have an emergency situation that needs a an emergency response by the state Mm. and there has to be serious state intervention. We saw this, you know, over the last two years in relation to COVID Mm. and, you know, a huge emergency facing the country. This is another huge emergency facing us and we don't know how long it's going to go on Mm. and there needs to be that uh, significant state intervention taking place and there also needs to be, you know, very clear messages about how we're going to address this as a country both in terms of domestic users, the, the general public, all of us and, and how we're going to manage uh, our bills but also then mm. what's going to be done in relation to the potential impact on business on jobs okay. and so on so it's a huge thing and we need to create that same kind of sense of solidarity right. that we had during COVID You uh, were critical of the original 200 euro electricity credit not that in principle it wasn't a good thing to offer to those who needed it but that it was too universal that it wasn't targeted enough and that it gave some relief to some people who frankly didn't need the relief at the expense of not giving more to others who did the talk seems to be that that's going to be happening again, that the government will be spending something in the region of 350 to 400 million euro uh, subsidising people's electricity bills a second time around. Would you support it now? No, the Social Democrats were very critical of the measure previously, the electricity credit. Uh, and I'm concerned about, you know, in reading remarks by Eamon Ryan today, talking about that, saying that it was simple, it was quick, it was straightforward. It wasn't. It wasn't quick. Well, it, it, we simply now that it's it, already legislated for. It was actually for. slow. But we're in a situation... Look, so would it not be quicker this time around because you've already figured out how it works you've figured out some of the operational no, issues there's, there's legislation the for it. it you know and all of the expert bodies you know whether it's the ESRI uh, the, the Fiscal Council uh, the Central Bank they have all warned government that they must target the resources there must be significant intervention but those interventions must target resources at the people who need the most and that is people on low incomes and middle incomes but and you know what happened the last Last time the 200 plus euro credit uh, that was going to our millionaires it was going to the Taoiseach who's earning kind of in the region of 200,000 it mm. was going to TDs it, it was going to a lot of people who didn't actually need it and we have to I, I think adopt that principle that the interventions have to be about helping and supporting those people who most need it and in a situation where you have families now who currently are in, in, in the, the position where they're deciding about paying their ESB bills mm. or feeding their kids or paying for, you know, school yeah. uniforms, uh, where people are at that lower level of income and having that kind of struggle. It is indefensible, really, to suggest that you would give financial supports to high earners. Are you not allowing the perfect to be the enemy of the good there? Because we see in the Sunday Independence opinion poll today that there are only 7% of people who say that they could comfortably afford the energy price hikes of up to 40% that have been announced in the last couple of days. Another 15% that they could afford them at a push. But almost th- between 
between three quarters and four fifths of people, close to 80% of people, say they're just not going to be able to afford these at all. So if you did something which immediately gave €200 of relief to the vast majority of households when almost everybody needs it, would it not be a relatively quick and appropriate fix? No, I don't believe it would be. Look, Gavin, I don't need €200. Um, you know, I, I, my bills are going up the same as everybody else, but I can weather that. I can, can absorb those costs. Um, and I think there's a huge number of people who earn an awful lot more than TDs in this country who can well absorb the additional costs in their ESB bills and the general cost of living. Because if you contrast that against people at, you know, the lower end and in the middle range mm. of income earners, where the, the, the transfer needs to be much more substantial to those where it is a matter of survival. And we need to be very clear about that. We have to end this kind of scattergun approach, spreading things too thinly. We have to be very targeted in what we're doing in relation to low and middle income earners. If you oppose spreading things too quickly, then do you agree with the idea of creating a new middle tax band or even the idea of raising the tax cutoff points in line with inflation? if it means that the government foregoes an awful lot of tax revenue making very small changes to people. Would you oppose that because it's too universal? Uh, well, what, I'm, uh, what I would, would think is that the kind of proposal that we've heard from the Overadker, for example, about a new tax rate, I mean, that hasn't been thought through at all. And I'm glad to hear that, you know, the, the Minister of Finance isn't giving it too much credibility. Uh, that proposal from Leo Varadkar would assist a third of taxpayers the top third, it would do nothing whatsoever for people on, on low incomes or indeed middle incomes. And it would also have implications in relation to tax relief on pensions and mm. all that. So it's a very blunt instrument and I think it's, you know, it's, it's playing to a certain mm. constituency. So can, I, can you do I, the I, same thing then that in, in, a, in a way that benefits people more universally? Would yes, you like absolutely. W- raise yeah. the lower and, USE cut off yes, point, for and, example? and Social Democrats will be bringing forward very clear proposals in our alternative budget, which we'll be launching in a couple of weeks. We, we need to ensure that, yes, we, we keep pace in terms of uh, pay increases uh, and indexation in, in the, the tax system. And, you know, we'll be making proposals in, in relation to that. But we will more importantly be making proposals in relation to indexing the credits, which will help far more taxpayers indexing right across the, the, the board. Indexing the income tax credits. Yes. So, for example, the, the, is it 1650 the, that people the get as a personal credit, credit and yeah, other yeah, that you'd index yeah, those? Yes. Do you know how much that would cost? Uh, yes, we do. And we'll be revealing all of that <laughs> when we launch our, our, I don't want to go into too much detail of it, but that is the general approach that we're taking. And it's important to stress that. Again, targeting those on low and middle incomes. And, you know, in a time of crisis, people who are very well off, mm. as I say, and I'll repeat it again, they can absorb the, the increases in the cost of living. And we need that solidarity in an, an emergency situation which we're facing now over the, the coming winter and potentially longer. Mm. And we need very clear solidarity at a political level, but also at the level of very high income earners in I'm, this country. I'm just wondering whether it is affordable because I'm just doing some back of the envelope sums on the computer here in front of me. There are about two and a half million people now famously at work. We've heard an awful lot of, about that figure in recent weeks. Uh, the current tax credits, I think, for most people are worth around 3000 1,300 a year. Let's say you want to increase that by 10%. That's 330 euro. Uh, increasing the credit for 330 uh, for two and a half million people by that much would cost 825 million euro. 
Okay, so I'll just explain the approach that the Social Democrats are taking. So again, you know, we would recognise the need for some level of indexation uh, within the tax system and we would be providing for that. But the difficulty is that with the tax system, it is, you know, it's very, uh, it's pretty progressive at the moment. And we don't want to introduce any measures that will make it less progressive, which means that higher earners will 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 benefit to a mm. greater extent and for that reason we are we will be proposing a clawback at the h- higher end okay so we're not talking about that level of so cost you, you think it's made more progressive by having some sort of means whereby higher earners then have income tax credits reduced uh, that there is a clawback and we will be pr- making proposals yeah. very clearly and those proposals will be costed. But again, you know, we have to make sure that yeah. we're targeting money where it's most needed. Uh, what do you make of the report on the front page of today's Mail on Sunday whereby Pascal Donoghue will warn that although the Exchequer returns from last Friday show the state to be in surplus for 6.3 billion euro for the first two thirds of the year, that too much of it is down to one-off corporate tax receipts which the state believes can't be relied upon and that therefore there may not be as much fiscal firepower for the state to do with cost of living as people might think? Well, obviously it wouldn't make sense to spend a lot of that kind of uh, unexpected tax it's questions about why we always underestimate the corporation tax to, to the extent mm. that we do but um, it doesn't make sense to spend substantial amounts of that uh, those proceeds on uh, recurring costs mm. but what is needed obviously is very substantial uh, like, short term support con- for people. To me it seems but, contradictory because if it's a lot of one-off income that you think is only going to be one-off or that you're being told to treat as one-off then if you're trying to plan an awful lot of one-off measures in the budget surely you'd go about spending it instead of holding it back. And and we should be spending a lot of that to support people and we should be doing that kind of very quickly from the the time of the budget at the end of September because it's, it's, you know, in those months, October, November, December into January where people will need the support and there is potential for doing that, for having significant interventions. For example, a double payment in October for social welfare recipients um, as well as the Christmas Mm. double payment and and to to, to take an intervention in relation relation to people on low pay. Um, and, you know, we have to bear in mind in relation to, uh, say, the, the fuel allowance that, you know, pensioners receive that, but that has to be extended to people in receipt of the working family payment. And indeed, we should be looking at how we can support people on middle incomes in the, the kind of few months after the budget. Mm. So there's potential for doing that. But I would also say that in relation to the corporation tax receipts, we need to be doing something more reforming and significant in relation to, to those. And that is investing in the future. We do very little long term planning well, and we need to be looking at alternative sources of energy. Well, can, can you do both? Can you treat the corporation tax receipts as being one off and then invest them for the future? or And can you give them out for urgent day-to-day cost of living measures. Can you do both? You can only spend it once. No, no. Well, well, there's a lot of money there. <laughs> there's, there's a surplus this, so far this year. In the receipts that were published it's, on Friday, we, we've taken in about two and a half billion euro more than planned yes. in corporation tax. So, so there's, there is a considerable pot of money there. People will need, you know, either cash transfers or additions to um, uh, payments being mm. made to support with energy costs in particular um, over the coming months. But in addition to that, we should be investing for the future. Future. And I mean, all of the whole debate around energy, like 10 years ago, we should have been investing in um, in, in offshore 
energy production. Um, we have the potential in this country for wind energy to be our oil. And, you know, as I say, we should have been investing in that 10 years ago. Over the past 10 years, when very cheap money was available, that would have been the prudent thing to do. But even at this stage, late in the day, we need to move to reform that whole area. We need to invest heavily in the electricity grid. We need, of course, to address the planning issues, the delays there, the delays in, in licensing. But there also needs to be a state, a heavier state involvement in the production of wind energy. And not only, yeah. you know, the, obviously the high bills are a huge threat to to, to the country at the moment. Mm. But in the longer term, you know, the whole question of, of uh, carbon uh, needs to be addressed. And the, the way we can do that to ensure a long term supply of cheap energy and, and environmentally accept, acceptable mm. energy is through investment in wind wind energy. You're obviously a very vocal commentator on the state of the country's health system. You're the chair of the committee that drew up the the all-party Solange Care report, which is, is that five, almost six years ago now? Uh It's it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's going quite a bit back. Um, I wonder, given your interest in the health service, what you make of the front page of the Sunday Times today about the head of cervical check, admittedly in comments in December 2020, which she didn't know was being recorded, but that nonetheless she uh, implicated that some people were going to be taking cases through the cervical check tribunal knowing in their heart of hearts that they hadn't been wronged, but that they were using the process because they might get some money out of it. Yeah, I think, you know, those comments were desperately uh, insensitive. They were very ill-judged. I think they're really unfortunate and are very insulting to, you know, the people who are at the centre of the cervical check issue. Um, I don't know how they've come to light now. The, mm. the comments were made two years ago and I, I know the person concerned, Dr. Russell, has, has made the point that she was only just new in the job. It doesn't really fully uh, uh, excuse them uh, and it shows a particular attitude that is entirely I- insensitive and unhelpful. And, you know, when you consider the kind of findings that Gabriel Scally made from mm. that whole issue and where, you know, th- it was recognised that there was a real problem with outsourcing the, uh, to the labs in the States and other places and also the other thing about the lack of open disclosure on the part yes, of consultants yeah. in actually dealing with the women who subsequently de- then you know came and uh, uh, presented for treatment mm. I think they're dreadful uh, I'm comments not, I'm not trying to, to walk you into to calling for anyone's heads but I, I wonder whether you think it's appropriate for anyone to remain in position like that even if their opinions have shifted now and you have to take her at face value and saying that, that this does not reflect her current stance but that somebody who was appointed to that role after all the water that had been under the bridge for them to surmise that some people might hypothetically be taking cases just to try and get a quick payout. Yeah, is it, that an appropriate attitude for anyone to hold in that office? It's clearly not appropriate. It's highly inappropriate. Then is it appropriate and, for her to remain there? And everybody, you know, who is uh, who, who suffers from the system has a right to take a court case if they wish. And she had no business making those comments. I'm not going to, you know, call for a head on the basis of a newspaper report that I've only just seen this morning that hadn't come to light before now. But, you know, the comments were wrong. They shouldn't have been made and uh, it's really unfortunate and it displays a, a kind of an attitude and a culture which has no place really in our public health service. Um, I'm going to put a text. It's actually a text for me uh, from a listener called Niall, but I want to just put it to you before I let you go. Um, hi, Gavin, really enjoying the show. But just on the budget, we talk a lot about middle income earners. What is this level? And should we be thinking of higher amounts for single people with the same high fixed costs like gas, electricity, etc. from Niall? What, what is a middle income earner? Well, the, the, the average income is about 47,000. 
at the moment. Mm. Um, and um, Which means that Leo Varadkar's proposed tax ban would have actually then helped the majority of workers if the average worker uh, earns significantly an amount of, the, of where he was proposing his tax rate to be. No, it wouldn't. It would only have helped uh, about 35% of taxpayers. But if the average earner uh, earns, sorry, well, I know average and median are not the same who earn thing. Very, very high salaries, mm. <laughs> and there's a lot of people who earn very low salaries. We have a real problem with with low pay in this country, okay. and over twenty percent of workers right. are on low pay. We want the highest rates in Europe. What is a middle income earner then? So a middle income earner is a, a person. The average income is forty five thousand. Okay. Okay. So I mean, you're talking about really people who are earning from the bottom level, which is about seventeen thousand. You know, and it goes up to whatever uh, hundreds of, of thousands uh, that's that's the, the range uh, a middle income earner I believe is probably um, you know up to about 80,000 okay. thereabouts and uh, from you know okay. fr- from the, the, as I say the lower end so it's all those people in yeah. the middle and there's a lot and of people obviously who are earning kind of what on paper looks like decent pay mm. but actually they don't have any secondary benefits so but things also, like but, access to health care and but not, not child care not and all of those things that some middle income workers who, who maybe live alone uh, who have the same uh, who in fact are, are more penalised for, for the likes of gas and electricity because there's a premium where you have certain overheads but you're only sharing them among one income holder in the house should there be thought given to adjusting treatment for them? Well, I think the likelihood is that uh, their bills won't be as high and I accept that. But I mean, you can't legislate for every situation. Uh, and and that's the difficulty. And what certainly we in the Social Democrats are endeavouring to do in our alternative budget proposals is to be as fair as possible and to target as much as possible. And that has to be the underlying principle. It doesn't seem to be the approach that's been taken by government. And I, I think that's unfortunate. Okay. And they seem to be ignoring all of the advice that's given to right. them, the expert advice. Uh, we're out of time. Thanks very much for coming into studio to talk to us this lunchtime. Your thinking is on Wednesday at the CWU in Dublin. Roisin Shortall, TD for Dublin Northwest and co-leader of the Social Democrats. On the record with Gavin Riley. Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PWC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.